0: Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Small hints can result in big changes. Ms. M was a 55-year-old woman with a history of polycystic ovarian syndrome and diabetes who was referred to me to treat her diabetic neuropathy. She'd had that latter diagnosis for several years, attributed after she had a hemoglobin A1C level that was slightly abnormal. However, She had also an elevated fasting blood glucose, resulting in the diagnosis of diabetes, and she was taking oral agents, which seemed to keep her blood sugars under control. She did note that her fingers and toes felt numb, although she didn't feel weak at all, and in fact, there was almost a hypertrophy, or increased size, of her calves. As well, she didn't have any dysesthetic pain at all, so it seemed like a polyneuropathy with predominantly sensory symptoms in a diabetic patient, as we say in neuro, Again, a diabetic neuropathy. Ms. Zim was actually quite remarkable in that she took care of foster children and had been doing so for some time. When I met her, she had had four kids in her home, all of whom were troubled, but whom she took the time to homeschool and care for, particularly in the age range which she dealt with, which was usually under 10 years. She told me that she probably had a about 30 kids, plus or minus some, that had lived with her over the past five years, one way or another, coming in and going out and sometimes coming back if they couldn't handle living in another social situation. It was clear she was dedicated to these kids and told me about one who had difficulty reading but could tell stories that were engaging to both she and her husband as well as the other kids, another who had been abused by an alcoholic mother and had run away several times from that social situation, and another kid who, after being silent for months, finally started to talk to the other kids in the house after being gently engaged, but not forced to be part of activities within her household. Everyone is different, she noted, but what we see is that the kids are resilient. I asked her what she meant by this. All my kids have been abused physically or mentally, she said, but I can see the good buried there, even when they're misbehaving. It's just acting out from what they've had to endure. It was really emblematic of her positive attitude. As I looked at her chart, it bothered me that her peripheral neuropathy was solely attributed to diabetes given the mildness of her hemoglobin A1c abnormality as well as the fasting blood glucose level. And when I examined her, her neuropathy was fairly severe and dense, much more than I had seen in garden variety diabetic neuropathy. I shared this with the patient and also asked about her family history. She noted that she had never known her parents and only had non-blood-related relatives. I'm as isolated as my kids, she noted philosophically, at least about my family. I kind of understood why she was so good to these kids, as well as why she empathized with them. I then asked if she would be willing to undergo more tests in order to determine if something else was going on that at least was contributing to her findings. Sure, maybe we can find something, she said almost cheerfully. We ordered a number of different lab tests and also sent her for electrodiagnostic testing, which I've mentioned before, something called a nerve conduction study and an electromylogram to assess her peripheral nerves. I couched these various tests noting that while it was most likely that diabetes was contributing to her nerve problems, and just wanted to make sure nothing else was going on. I admit that I was looking for zebras, as we say in medicine, rather than horses when hearing hoofbeats. But I couldn't get a relative level of parsimony with the degree of her neuropathy and the mildness of her diabetes. About a week later, the lab tests started to come in, all fairly normal, with only mild abnormalities, if any. Common things are common, I thought. This is most likely diabetes. My colleagues in the electrodiagnostic lab didn't call me, so I assumed that her testing showed findings consistent with diabetes, but a few days later. I received a report showing that Ms. M had a dense sensory peripheral neuropathy, which was isolated. While diabetes certainly could do that, it was really distinctly uncommon, and there were a number of other things to evaluate if that was the case. I called the patient and let her know that she should come in and get some additional laboratory testing and that we would go over her tests at her next appointment. We need to schedule the appointment at a couple of weeks due to the fact that some of the lab tests were very specialized and needed to be sent to a lab in Minnesota to be done. No problem, said the patient, ever so positive. Exactly one week later, I received a call from the specialized lab wanting to know more about the patient. I let them know that she had a sensory neuropathy, isolated, as well as a history of diabetes. Well, she's got positive antibodies to sulfatide, the lab director noted. It's rare, but... That can cause a sensory nerve problem as well. I asked for references and the lab director put me in touch with the medical director. She was extremely informative and noted that they had seen several cases of this antibody over the past couple of years. It presented as a loss of sensation which was gradual and isolated. I then asked if this could be diabetes to which the medical director said, of course, diabetes can do anything. But if you treat her with low dose cytotoxin and she gets better, you have your answer. I thanked the physician looked up the publications from the lab director, and called the patient to come see me. In the end, the neuromuscular team and I treated the patient with the chemotherapy drug. I took care of that part of it, since I was accustomed to giving chemotherapy and monitoring blood counts, and the neuromuscular team monitored their her neuropathy very closely. While her neuropathy did not recover at 100%, over a few months it improved significantly, to the point where the patient could take up moderate brisk walking and jogging again. In total, she was treated for about six months with a low dose chemotherapy and did quite well. And her care was transferred to the neuromuscular team. It was obviously gratifying to have the patient have a treatable condition and respond to treatment. And it was great she was able to return to some activities that were lost, continue her noble mission of being able to take care of the foster kids. And I do remember sometimes that when you hear hoofbeats, it really can be a zebra beating down the path. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.